This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It is Monday, February 1st. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. It's a new month, but we are still working to wrap up the class of 2021. The recruiting cycle ends pretty much on Wednesday, National Signing Day, February 3rd. I say it ends pretty much because we're still going to be waiting for a, uh, a commitment from the number one player in the top 247 in JT Tui well past February 3rd. But for the most part, we will see class of 2021 prospects put pen to paper on Wednesday and officially end their recruitment. So today on the College Ball Daily, I have a conversation with Steve Wolfong, director of recruiting for 24-7 Sports, about a few of the unknown names, the three stars, the low four stars, who will be household names for us recruiting junkies come Wednesday. This is, especially with the, with the early signing period in place the last several years, and most of the, the class signs, around 80% of the class signs in December, well, Schools still have plenty of spots to fill. Schools are still trying to finish their class. And with most of the big names off the board, they turn to the three stars, the kids we haven't given much attention to, especially in a pandemic year. And so you see you see guys go from their offers are some lower level power fives to, you know, Georgia and Auburn are jockeying for them. So it's pretty cool to see this every single year. And that's the tone and the, the theme of today's episode. And Steve wrote a, a column on 24-7 Sports that should be up uh, pretty soon. Monday around lunchtime, if, if you're listening to this before then, uh, accompanying that with a few extra names. We talked about five in, in this conversation. He listed 10. So before we get to that, I'll read through some weekend headlines. There really wasn't much. Uh, the recent Senior Bowl was Saturday in Mobile. I plan tomorrow on Tuesday's episode of the College Football Daily to dive extensively into the Senior Bowl. But Kellen Mond, the Texas A&M product, was the MVP. 13 for 25, 173 yards, two touchdowns passing. It was it was pretty fun to watch all these quarterbacks. Felipe Franks looked good. Ian Book played. Sam Ellinger played. Jamie Newman, the former uh, Heisman offseason winner for the Georgia Bulldogs. They never played a snap for the Bulldogs. Repped Wake Forest at the Senior Bowl. He was 10 for 14 for 118 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. And, and then North Carolina's Michael Carter was awesome on the ground. The running back who split time with Javante Williams to form perhaps the nation's best backfield in 2020. Eight carries, 60 yards, and a touchdown. There were a few other receivers who weren't big names in the college football landscape. Des Fitzpatrick of, of Louisville and Demetric Felton of UCLA, those guys balled out as well. So again, the hope is on Tuesday to, to cover the Senior Bowl more extensively. Notable commitments, a few of them this weekend. Interestingly enough, from the class of 2022, not the class of 2021, which has its signing day in two days, 
four-star quarterback Nico Markale, Hamilton, Arizona product down in Chandler, the number nine pro-style quarterback in the class, committed to Florida State. Mike Norvell has his QB. And then LSU got a commitment from the number 56 player in the 24-7 sports composite for 2022, offensive tackle named Will Campbell right from Louisiana. So that's always a big, big get for, for LSU to make sure it keeps its best players within the borders of the state. And then we covered him last week on the podcast former Michigan running back Zach Charbonnet, a transfer, landed at UCLA. As predicted, as as we as we had been hearing, Greg Biggins and Blair Angulo, part of the 24-7 sports recruiting team, as you heard last week on the recruiting podcast, mentioned the Bruins as a team to watch for Zach Charbonnet, and sure enough, that's where he's landing. So it should be a busy week in the transfer portal. Should be a busy week for recruiting. We're almost there. The end of 2021 recruiting cycle. We have almost made it. I'm really excited for this conversation with Steve Voltfong. Taking a quick break. We'll see you on the other side. The College Football Daily will be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, bringing in Steve Wiltfong right now. See if we talk about it all the time. This time of year, these three stars and some four stars feel like four stars and five stars. And I imagine it's been a little bit more difficult for you than usual trying to get a grasp on these players, given that, I mean, if if we have you know some sort of uncertainty surrounding who's who as as far as elite kids go i imagine these three stars are flying under the radar and you've done a good amount of catching up and learning the last few weeks man i think there's still so many storylines to follow going into national signing day so many talented uncommitted players out there it's going to be an exciting day for for several programs but uh some of these guys are not household names. And so yeah. uh, we're going to try and make them household names over the next six days or so. I've never heard of Davon Townley. You pitched pitched him as someone you'd like to talk about. He's a four-star. He's from Minneapolis, 6'6", six, six defensive end. He's only got one crystal ball prediction, and that's by Alan True to Arizona State with a confidence score of low, uh, a one actually. So that's as low as you can go. What are you hearing about Townley and why is he someone who's caught your eye? Well, my guy Alan True is on Arizona State. This is a guy, he's a six foot six, 220 pound edge rusher that's also terrific at basketball that really emerged late in the process for a lot of schools and, and, and quickly became a priority because of his pass rush ability and his athleticism and, and, and upside. And leading into the early signing period, Minnesota was trying hard to get him to sign. Uh, so was Arizona State. And, and if he did sign, it, it seemed like the buzz favored Arizona. Arizona State, so that's why Alan True's there and, and not on Minnesota. Uh, but there, you know, some schools down the stretch to, to keep an eye on. Talking to a source close to him says Minnesota is still in the mix, and that mom likes Coach Fleck and and uh, on Nebraska. The defense is perfect for him, and and uh, there's a strong Nebraska network in, in Minnesota. Sounds like his dad really likes Nebraska. Penn State has recruited him the longest and, and hardest, and they have a major needed defensive end, and, and, and Penn State's done a 
a good job with guys in the Midwest. And and, and uh, Tennessee would have been in there had the staff got had not got let go. The yeah. dark horse is, is Washington, Trey. They're mm-hmm. a major factor I'm hearing down the stretch. So still several schools uh, in, in the mix. And, and I'm told he'll have his mind made up Tuesday uh, going in the in, going into signing day. We're recording this on a Friday. This will run on a Monday. As far as the, this upcoming weekend, and if you're listening, the weekend we just had, what's happening, Steve? Are, are a lot of kids cramming in Zoom interviews? Is anyone actually making it to campus unofficially? Like, well, like what does this weekend look like for kids who are still trying to make a decision? Oh, man, I, I think that college coaches are going to be burning up the phone lines, the FaceTime lines, maybe some potential Zooms here down the stretch because, you know, I've, I've talked to several kids that, 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 that we're going to talk about here that, that don't have their minds made up and, and they're still dotting eyes and crossing T's trying to make a decision. And some of these kids have five schools still in the mix. So I'm like, uh, you're going to have to eliminate a school a day from now <laughs> until Wednesday to get it to one, but they typically do. We'll see. All right, Austin Uke, a three-star offensive tackle in the 24-7 Sports Composite. We have him as a four-star in the top 247 rankings. He's a kid from Dallas. Crystal Ball says SMU. You're telling me it's a blue-chip battle. Yeah, he's a young man that was at one point committed to Holy Cross when we made him a four-star. Uh, uh, Gabe Brooks, one of our national analysts who lives in the Lone Star State, uh, really got excited about his senior senior film, and he was a guy that, that we bumped, and big-time offers came afterwards, and... Uh, Talking to someone close to him this morning, five schools seem to still have a legitimate chance. Stanford, Texas, Penn State, Northwestern, and and Oklahoma, the Sooners being the latest to offer. I know he's real excited about that NFL pedigree that Coach Bill Biedenboss had uh, with his Sooners program. And and, and you see the the two academic schools, Stanford and and Northwestern, heavily involved. Phil Trotwine, Penn State's offensive line coach, has his his, uh, teeth sunk deep in this one. And, And Texas is in on quite a few guys here late uh, with, with Austin being one of them. The gumption to have a Holy Cross commit, a four-star is pretty strong. I like that move. Yeah, Gabe Brooks, salute to him. But we all turned on the film and saw what Gabe saw. But to, to have the courage to sniff that out and, and, and rank it high, because sometimes we have regrets with, with a kid that we like. We'll rank him as like a, a mid to high three star and say that's a that's a good ranking and turn around and that guy's in the NFL later. And it's like, well, damn it, we thought we were ranking him high because we liked him and, and we didn't go high enough. So Austin is a guy that we're projecting to be in the NFL down the road and got a four star grade. Sounds like the stock market, Steve. All right. Dante Balfour, another kid who's a three star in the composite, four star in our rankings. In fact, he's he's a member of the top two four seven. Yeah, man, late edition. At two three three, yeah, he's six two corner. This is this is this is what guys are they're salivating over, and, and his crystal ball is kind of it's heavily Auburn. He had a few South Carolina picks. You're telling me this is an Auburn versus North Carolina battle, Mac Brown versus former offensive coordinator Brian Harson. Yeah, I think so. And I, I talked to some people that seem to be optimistic about where the Tar Heels stand. Also, North Carolina has the nation's number 14 class a year after finishing number 13. They're three in the ACC right now, a year after finishing number two. And uh, I, I think that they have as good a chance as Auburn here down the stretch with LSU rounding out the top three. As far as Auburn goes, Steve, how has that been for Brian Harson, let me pull up their their class recruiting rankings as I uh, as I stall for us here. But I, I know that when they fired Gus Malzahn, the class was ranked in the 40s and then kind of fell apart from there. And, and I look at it now; it, it's 48. I don't know how much momentum they have. 
moving forward? Is this just one of those classes that it's, it's a transition class and it's, it's going to be bad and you just throw your hands up and accept that? Or, or do you think they can move up from 48? Well, nothing's changed uh, from when Gus was let go to Harshan from in, in the, in the wind column, they have not landed a commitment wow. under the new staff. And so uh, they're still fighting, you know, and they're in on guys. They're in on offensive tackle Colby Smith, who they're trending for on the crystal ball. They're a finalist for Trevin Wallace, who moved into our top 50 nationally. But there's Kentucky smoke there for Trevin Wallace. Georgia could come in late with an offer. And if they do, I'll be breaking my fingers to crystal ball Georgia before he uh, were to commit to them. Uh, Dante Balfour, they're in on. They're in on some guys. Guys, uh, but the, Jawan Gaston is another very exciting four-star guy with us, three-star composite guy. They're battling South Carolina for him, so they're they're in on some names, but they're still looking for a win. I can't say for certain where they're going to get one. I feel the best about Colby Smith right now. Staying in the Yellowhammer State, you mentioned Jalen White as somebody who who's interesting to you. This is a three-star running back out of Dothan, Alabama, five ten and a half, one eighty-five. No crystal ball picks. And his college list of offers and interest is sort of all over the map. Purdue is it seems to be in the mix. Arkansas, Florida, Florida State, Iowa. What are you hearing with Jalen as you sort of uh, start to peel back this onion? Well, I think during the fall, he would have liked to have been a Florida Gator, but the DeMarcus Bowman transfer, I think, put the kibosh on, on that. And, uh, um, you know, there was some buzz for Florida State at one time, too. This is why the early signing period is so important. And, and if you can make up your mind in December and you have some opportunities and you're not an elite guy uh, per se, you got to go ahead and put pen to paper because I think Jalen's kind of out here floating mm. floating around and schools are, are, are tinkering with him. The one school that I have an eye on for him is Texas. Texas is recruiting LJ Johnson right now. They're battling Texas A&M. But at the same time, I have been told that Texas is doing their due diligence on Jalen. I think they like him as a prospect. I think right now they're dotting I's and crossing T's trying to get to know him as a person. And he's a guy that I could see uh, Coach Sarkeesian and, and company extending a late offer to. Uh, but I also think that could depend on what happens in the LJ Johnson sweepstakes. I am expecting LJ to make a decision on Wednesday. My gut is A&M, but it's close. So I'm not ruling out Texas and, and we'll see how that one goes. A little LJ Johnson scoop. Anytime you can talk about a top 50 running back, you got to do it. Texas is definitely in the market for somebody there. They've got one running back in their 2021 class. They've obviously got B. John Robinson, but they wanted Eric Gray. Uh, they wanted Kamar Wheaton, uh, and they just lost Keontae Ingram as a transfer to USC. So we'll see what happens. All right, last one here that we're going to talk about. Jordan Mosley, he's a four-star wide receiver, only got one crystal ball pick. That's for South Carolina, and he recently, within the last 11 days, decommitted from Tennessee. Yeah, Jordan Mosley, he's one of the fastest, more explosive receivers in the country and reopened the process from Tennessee. And, and uh, you know, the Gamecocks are all in, and, and there's some other schools out here you know, kicking, kicking tires on him. It could be kind of an exciting close here for Coach Beamer and, and, and company here. Uh, um, and, and Jordan Mosley, certainly a guy that, that that's as coveted for, for them as, as anyone down here. And, you know, Northwestern made a, a, a late offer here and, and, and they have a lot to offer. They're looking for another playmaker to add to a, a program that's played in the Big Ten title game two of the last three years. Penn State and Indiana, a couple more Big Ten schools uh, in, in the mix. But if he wants to stay in SEC country, you know, you got to like the Gamecocks chances. Uh, 
based on everything I'm hearing right now. So as we wrap this up, I have to look at South Carolina's recruiting class and there's a natural jumping off point here. It's ranked 93rd in the country. They have 11 commits, but they also are taking in seven transfers, which isn't factoring into the recruiting rankings. Maybe it will down the road in this day and age with the transfer portal being as active as ever and, and all these players getting an extra year of eligibility. Are you noticing a squeeze of, of roster or, or scholarship uh, recruits that, that schools are signing? Like we're not expecting schools to get up to 25 or at least all of them. Like transfers are, are making up a pretty big chunk of this, especially for new staffs. I think that schools, there are some schools that are going to use the portal to help them go from a losing program to a bull program. But I still don't see the recipe of being a national title contender going through the portal for a third of your roster. I just think that you're going to see Alabama take a, a land in Dickerson to uh, supplement what they've already cultivated through recruiting, or you're going to see Ohio State snag a Justin Fields, or uh, it's going to be like one or two guys, you know, Oklahoma taking an offensive tackle. I don't think that the recipe is going to be eight, eight transfers, eight, nine transfers, and you're going to be in the college football playoff. But for the new programs or a Florida State where you're just not playing at a high level, maybe they can help you get to seven or eight, which will then help you recruiting yeah. by showing improvement to, to kids in the following class. Yeah, I mean, it's like for South Carolina, they're probably not expecting a college football playoff anyway. And, and if you're not getting much traction on the recruiting trail, like I, I understand, I, I understand both sides. I understand filling your needs, the transfer portal. And I mean, Steve, some of these teams, they just want to go bowling, you know, they, they just want to, they just want to get some veteran experience there, but it would be interesting to, to track and we'll have to keep an eye on it. These classes that are taking seven to 10 transfers and it's happening. What happens in, in three to four years? What does their development rate look like? How did those transfers contribute? And are there any recruits they could have taken who might've been three-star guys, lowly rated, but did they pan out anywhere else? So can't, can't wait. Can't wait for signing day. Can't wait to, to, to see all the dominoes fall into place. And I'll see you in a few days, Steve. Thanks. Trey, my man. Thanks, y'all. Okay, that's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. Appreciate Steve Wolfong's time. Excited to see him on Wednesday in Nashville for the signing day show, 8 to 11 Eastern time on 24-7 Sports' Facebook and YouTube pages, hosted by Josh Pate. Stay locked into 24-7 Sports all week. For all the recruiting news you could ever ask for, listen to the 24-7 Sports Recruiting Podcast to get all the dish from Blair Angulo and, and the team of experts that we have. We have a great team. Josh Pate on the Late Kick Podcast, covering college football topics and themes and, and Tennessee and, and their their recent coaching hire and, and taking fan index moods throughout the week and, and that kind of stuff. So we're already, part of us is already in off-season form, the college football side, the recruiting side of the company. We're not quite finished yet. So thanks for listening. Our producer is Lance Glenn. Steve Wolfong, he's the man. Go find him on Twitter at SWolfong247. I'm Trey Scott. We'll talk to y'all Tuesday.